If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is contacttalkradio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on tunein.com, hang.fm, and upsnap mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on this Facebook Live and this podcast. My name is Annalie Kruger. I am the owner of Care Right Incorporated. We help families all across the country develop an aging plan. Typically, who calls us is the burned out daughter or the burned out caregiver because things are not going well. They're burned out. Relationships across the board with their siblings and their parents are pretty strained and things, things just aren't going well. So I work with families all across the country and we talk about what's working well, what's not working well, what are the goals, are mom and dad's goals to age in place at home? If so, that's great. What does that look like? And what does that financial picture look like? Um, and how is the family relationships holding up? And I align my clients with resources that can help meet their needs. So that's what is, what is an aging plan. It's, it's all of that. It's comprehensive. It's making sure that you have all of your important documents in order and at your fingertips. Because when there is a medical crisis, you will have to produce certain documents. If there is an unexpected death, you will want to know what all insurance coverage is, your loved one has, what are the, what are the accounts, what are the passwords, um, so we have that grab and go binder that if you've listened to any of my podcasts, <laughs> you are familiar with what the grab and go binder is. So, so anyway, we do aging planning. It ends up being pretty much crisis management because that's when families, <clears throat> that's when families give us a call is when things aren't going well and they need to figure out what are their solutions. So as you all know, I love to interview specialists and experts in the aging arena. And today I am excited to interview Ms. Marsha Mantell. Um, and I would love to just pass it over to you, Marsha. You can give us your, your bio and what you do and what makes you tick so the audience can get to know you a little bit. And then we'll just kind of dive into your topic. Oh, thank you so much, Annalie. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad we met not too long ago. And uh, what you're doing for caregivers is just incredible. So I think where I can maybe help some of your caregivers and, and their families really is to think more about what it means to plan for retirement so that it's not a crisis. You know, I, I think we're all really exhausted right now and if we could take something off of your plate to plan for the transition into retirement to really plan for social security that most people don't plan for to plan for and think about medicare and what that means for you the caregiver not for you know mom and dad who are 90 um, that's a different that's a different avenue but you you can't 
forget about yourself, your spouse, if you're married, um, you know, anyone else who's in your, in your circle. So, you know, my background and my passion is really helping people. A lot of times it turns out to be women who don't know they need to think about these things in terms of their the financial side as well as the what am I going to do in retirement side but it, it's for men and women and everyone across the spectrum um, there there are just so many things we now need to think about because retirement is so different going mm -hmm. forward it is not what our moms and dads had it's right. what we make of it so mm -hmm. that's a little little background that's right. And I love your title. You're, you had a catchy title for this podcast today. Uh, like retirement planning isn't a weekend project. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was this very is, clever. <laughs> thank you. This is not going to Home Depot, you know, getting a couple pieces of tile and some grout and all of a sudden you have a new bathroom. You know, this is much bigger than that. But unfortunately, what happens so much like in the caregiving space, um, people they didn't know that it was going to be such a big deal to retire. And a lot of times they didn't know they were retiring this coming Friday, right. you know, because we're all working and, and there's so much going on and then you're not working, you know, and especially in an era like this where we have so many areas of uncertainty with, if you're working in a small business, if you're working in a big business, if you're working in a medium business, it just doesn't matter anymore. Um, there, there's so much uncertainty and angst and ups and downs during this period that, you know, mm -hmm. you could, well, you know, it's not very delicate, but you could be shown the door and, right. and then you are in a weekend project and it doesn't work. So planning for that possibility, I call that plan B, you know, I don't want to be shown the door. Um, I'd like to control that. So that's plan A, that I can choose when to leave my job mm -hmm. and when to leave my paycheck behind. But you also have to have that plan B, that what if, or what if mom needs you all of a sudden she falls and breaks a hip and you can't stay on the job because mom or dad or someone close to you needs a significant amount of your time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that's why it's not a weekend project getting ready to retire. And, and, and I think I, I just I absolutely love your love love the title that you came up with anyway. That it's not a weekend project because I think that what a lot of consumers do, and and we're just all guilty of this in our own way. Like, yeah, I'm a planner like in all aspects of my life, but that's because I see the fallout of families and people who didn't put a plan together. But yes. I think what happens though is life just gets so busy all the time. And I know when I work with my care right clients, they're always like, oh yeah, you know, I meant to get my funeral planned. Like, okay, not very many people say that, but, but like, <laughs> so when I'm doing the grab and go finder, yeah, like, oh, that's on the job list. I gotta, I gotta plan my funeral this weekend. So, yeah. but I mean, life just gets so busy and, and things happen so quickly. And like, even with that grab and go binder that I have that I do with my clients, no one's like excited, like, whoa, we're going to do the grab and go binder. They're like, holy crap, this is, this is a lot of information. It's overwhelming. But I think yes. that people just get so busy that they think, oh, well, we'll just, we'll work on our, we'll work on our estate plan next month or next year. Well, yes. then all this other stuff in life happens like a pandemic, you lose your job or you end up with cancer or yeah. you end up being thrust into the role of being a family caregiver and you're not prepared. Yes. And you know, it is so interesting. One of the, the, the bits, the tidbits I can maybe shed a little piece of light on because it is so overwhelming. And you can pick any aspect of caregiving or planning for retirement. If 
you, you pick a lane, oh, we're just gonna, we're gonna consolidate our accounts and, and kind of get our financials in order, or we're just gonna learn about social security. Well, there's no just learning about any of this stuff. It's a huge investment. But if you, if you make it the year's project, or I do a theme of the, here's my tidbit. I do a theme of the year for my family. They hate it. <laughs> but it gives us a focus area. And last year, so 2019, I had a really simple one. And this was only for my husband and myself. You know, with all the passwords and everything you have into all of your accounts, your financials and your everything from Amazon to, you know, Bank of America and Fidelity and Wells Fargo and, and everything else that you might have, what's your password? If yeah. I'm, I'm not even dead yet, let's say, let's say I'm just incapacitated or I'm traveling for work, you know, back when we used to travel. Right. Um, what if my husband needed to get into something? Well, we have a password book. We just call it the password book. It's a book. We write down all of our passwords. They were so out of date. So right. last year's theme was we're just gonna <laughs> do our passwords and update our password book. Mm -hmm. Honest to goodness, Annalie, it took us all year. In December, we were still working on that. Now, there are only 26 letters in the alphabet. I alphabetize it. And not every letter has something we need a password sure. for. So sure. you start with A, Amazon. Okay, yeah, we did that probably in February. And, yeah. you know, maybe I got to C or D. And then, you know, something else got in the way. But yep. the, the point is, if you pick one thing to do and chip away at it all year, even mm -hmm. though I was coming up to the holidays and we still weren't quite done, <laughs> I did finish it because that was the theme of the year. And it is, it's wrangling Dan to sit down in our office and it's making me do it and sit down and, and write it all out. So yep. it, if you pick one thing, give it a year. That's right. why it's not a weekend. You, it's really daunting to try to you know, chew through this stuff in a weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and then you make bad decisions. And right. that's not what anybody wants. Right. So anyway, my tidbit yeah. for the moment. Well, and I was talking to someone this morning, um, <clears throat> doing a Zoom with him this morning. He is referring um, some of his clients to me because his he's got some clients that just got diagnosed with, with cancer in the last few months. And so they have to get their affairs in order and they have to get their grab and go binder and they have to figure out their caregiver plan so that the spouses who are also up in years don't end up, you know, getting burned out or sick, sicker, um, yeah. because they're caregivers and now they're also trying to go through their own radiation treatment. So, oh. um, so, you know, the sad thing is that a lot of people wait until they get that big diagnosis that now has changed your whole life. And instead of focusing on time and treatment and family, now is when they're getting their estate documents in order. They're doing their funeral planning and it, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, it really no. doesn't. And you don't wish any of this on anyone, but, no. but it happens and we hear about it time after time after time. And it's, I always find it fascinating that, and myself included, we don't really learn from the others that we know and love, right. you know, right. I, I've seen this before and, and you've seen it and we, we've all been down, you know, at least an observer path mm -hmm. and there's so much to learn from those others. That's why, you know, I do look at it as just pick one, make it the theme of the year and chip away at it so yep. that if something unfortunately befalls you and it could any of us anytime, right? That's the big the biggest unknown any of us has is our health. Mm -hmm. um, you don't get to control that cancer diagnosis. That's right. So 
just to be right. a little more prepared. That's right. So, Miss Marcia, I'm excited yes, to dive into your little topic here. Oh, so, which one? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, planning for your retirement party, what does it yes. take? What are some things that people, um, what, what would you like people who are listening to this podcast or on this Facebook Live? What are some important things that they need to know that they probably don't? Well, let's start with, I love this idea that you have a party to enter retirement. I mean, if you think about all the celebrations, and unfortunately this year, like all the kids who had to miss their high school graduations or do them via Zoom, or my niece who graduated from college and we did a family Zoom, there are these moments that are quite momentous in our lives, these big milestones that we achieve. But they end when we're 18, 22, and 25 or 26 if you go on to graduate school. And then that's it, and then you work for the next 40 years. So I love the idea of thinking about the, the fourth quarter of your life as enter it with a party. So celebrate. I have one, one very, very dear friend. She didn't think just having a party was sufficient. She, <laughs> she planned her retirement for a year. She was working for a big company, so they knew, and she got to wind down her job, and they threw a party for her and such after, I don't know, 25, 30 years there. Then she and her husband planned a three-month party and it had waves to it so they first living in new england it was she she finished up at the end of the year so we're going into our winter up here she said no thank you we'll drive to florida <laughs> they rented a place for three months and lived in florida for three months and they have four children between the two of them and every week a different week one of the families came with the grandkids so they had the special week mm -hmm. with their grandparents and then towards the end they had a long weekend a four-day weekend with a whole bunch of us got invited to come and celebrate and there was you know a traditional kind of dinner and we did pictures and we went to the beach and it was just such a wonderful transition mm -hmm. from this high-powered busy 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 all the time to could be nothing for many people it's they, they like jump off the cliff and don't know what sure. to do but yeah. instead they planned this party and made it a transition got to talk more about what they were going to do going forward and all the good stuff about retirement, but it is planning for that. Mm -hmm. And what people don't know though, so anyway, that's the fun part. Now, here's the serious part. You have to plan for the price tag as well. <laughs> yes. So we're really good at planning the balloons and the cake, right? And the fancy <laughs> dinner. <laughs> the fun but stuff. <laughs> after that, the fun stuff, after that when reality sets in, there is no paycheck coming in. Your company really does stop paying you when you leave or you it close up happen. your small business. It really does happen. And yet the electric company wants to be paid and the internet company wants to be paid and property taxes need to be paid. Where's it come from? And so it's planning for not only the running and the upkeep of your home, but it's all the stuff you're now going to do. And I think a lot of times for women, we just always just do, you know, we, we fit the planning in with getting dinner on the table 365 nights a year and, you know, handling the holidays and going to work and getting inspection on the car and dealing with our parents and such, but we don't put a price tag on it because mm -hmm. we've been too busy. And now we really need to do that because 
I think it's just such a joyous thing that for many of us, retirement is going to be 30 years. So it's 30 years with no paycheck, and you've got to figure out how you're going to make your money stretch and last. Mm -hmm. And if you don't sit down and do some of the basic blocking and tackling, there's nothing hard about this. It is not hard to look at your electric bill and know how much you pay every month. It is not hard to see what your groceries cost you every week. We just hate to do it. <laughs> but, you know, and, and there's a lot of um, squishy years in there when we're working because a lot of times we get a raise every year. Some people might work in a job where they get a bonus or you can work overtime. So we've been able to kind of, you know, figure it out along the way. But once that paycheck stops, it's a game changer. And, and it is forward looking a good 30 years. We won't all live that long. It's not a promise. But that makes retirement really different for mm -hmm. all of us boomers and and the gen xers um, it's just going to be long so make it fun no you got to pay for it <laughs> <laughs> so what are what should they there i mean obviously their fixed costs and their variable costs but we all know that social security is not something that you can just live on mm -hmm. you know most people are making 1800 2000 4000 dollars a month depending on you know what what they did for a living and how long they worked and and any other income like pensions but pensions are a long gone kind of thing now too you know so yeah. so when you think about the financial aspect of retirement planning you can't just assume that your social security is going to get you very far no and it's really interesting um social security will be 85 in august it is an incredibly successful government program, federal program. Um, but what has happened over those 85 years is quite remarkable. So when Social Security finally passed, it is a law. It's actually these books up here that I have. These are the Social Security law books. Um, <laughs> they, it happened during the Great Depression or just after the Great Depression. And we literally had millions of older people not able to put food on the table. Yeah. So Social Security came along as this um, safety net. It's a social safety net. And they didn't want it. The, the American people at that time thought it was a handout. It's like, I don't want it. I don't want a Social Security number. I don't want uh, any welfare. So it was really important that Social Security, the program, was structured as a pay-in to pay-out later and so we all pay in we are paying in our fica taxes as we work throughout 30 40 50 years however long we've been working and so today not only has it turned from ah i don't want any of this to now it's um isn't it what wait what it doesn't replace my whole paycheck Right. What do you mean by that, Marsha? That can't possibly be true. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't. It was only ever designed to cover, give or take, 40% of your income. Right. It was never intended to be a replacement for your paycheck. It was, you got to pay in, so you got to pay out later. But it, it and it's, it's modest. I mean, these, these are some important words that have gone away when we just generically call it social security. Yeah. Social Security, a modest social safety net. 
and it was never meant to be just for your income. Paycheck. So that's it's right. really a shocker, and you're exactly right. Those numbers you you talked about, eighteen hundred dollars a month. That's the average that people are receiving today. If you reach your full retirement age in 2020, it's about $1,800 if you're a man, mm -hmm. but it's less than that if you're a woman. Right. And, and the highest amount you get, and we're talking to big, big earners, you know, the doctors, the lawyers, the consultants, you know, people who are earning at the taxable wage base and higher for their entire careers, they only get $2,900 a month. Right. Because right. this is an insurance benefit. It's a calculated benefit. And yep. it, isn't, it isn't what you think it is. So you need to get it's your social not. security statement and That's take a right. look and, and see how much you're due. That's right. And I think for the adult kids, and we have a question that came up too. So I, that's why I was looking down because we, we have a person who's listening um, and Hi. they have a question. But one of the tips I want the, the listeners to... Um, to follow through on is so many of my clients, their adult kids have no idea where they are financially, what they have for insurance or when, when they need to start paying for care because dad has dementia now. So, you know, the kids can't just like quit their jobs and stay with them. So, right. so this is now is the time to find out, okay, mom and dad, how much money do you have coming in? Because that's something that if they need care in a care facility, the financial application, you have to fill out a financial application to even qualify to get into these facilities. So, yeah. um, and it's so, a lot of personal information. Yeah, you that, have to fill out your liabilities, your assets, mm -hmm. and what you have for income, and all of that kind of stuff. And most adult kids have no idea. So, I would be in that group. <laughs> well, be now. And the other thing is too, most families are in that group. If my oh. dog barks, the <laughs> landscapers are out. Today is Tuesday. So oh. My dog will go berserk here pretty soon. So just know that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can only hang on to him for so long before yeah. he's like, let me go. Um, so um, we have a question. What if retirement is unplanned and just happens as a result of something like the effects of COVID on jobs or having to take care of an elderly family member? Is it still a party? No, it's not. Well, I would say you still have to make it a party. It is unexpected and it's often a kick in the pants. You know, we, we aren't working because we just think it's a heck of a fun time. Right. You know, I mean, most of us, we have obligations, right? We have mortgages, we have rent, we have taxes to pay, you know, and, and the whole bit. So for this to, for you to be handed the pink slip is really unpleasant. But that's where I'm going to say we, we all have to take some ownership of this. That And it didn't have to be COVID. It could have been anything. It just, that's the era we're in right now. But, yep. you know, as older workers, we're vulnerable anyway because we're older. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. we have all these other things that happen to us family-wise. You know, husband gets sick, wife gets sick, mom gets sick, et cetera. Um, or the employer, you know, has to downsize. Um, Due to it could be anything, any type of economic situation. So it's unexpected when you don't plan for it or plan for that possibility. And so I'd say initially it does sting, but you still have 30 years in front of you, give or take. So why not usher it in? It doesn't have to be the day you're shown the door, but think about what would you like to do to celebrate all those years you did work 
and that you were putting in so much of your heart and soul into your job, um, it deserves a celebration. Now, it can be small. It can be a cake you buy at the grocery store. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be the three-month party. I, I totally get that. Um, but I also think all of us, 50 and older, we really need to think about the reality of being a worker in America today. Mm -hmm. And you don't get to call the shots. Mm -hmm. You know, your employer calls the shots. And how are you preparing for that possibility? So right. I'll give you another little helpful tip that may or may not help. Um, this is a conversation that my husband and I, my husband is Dan, we started this at 50. When, when we will be 60, Dan will be 60 at the end of the year. So this is a 10-year run we've had. Um, every summer we sit down and we just have a general chat and it's our long-term financial view. What do we want to do? Do we have any money? You know, those kinds of things. What are we doing with the yeah. kids? But then yeah. at Christmas time when we're all home and, and we have vacation time, we typically take a week between Christmas and New Year's, Dan and I carve out one snippet there uh, somewhere around that time just to sit down and we look out one year extremely short-term planning and literally the question is so Dan do you think you're gonna have a job all year and no. he looks at me it's like so Marcia do you think your clients are gonna hire you this year no. and we really think hard about that like it, even yeah. though it comes out you know is a you know smart assy kind of comment yeah it's it is the question to ask like geez we both work in financial services what's our outlook for the year, if we have a massive recession, one or both of us could lose some income. Are we prepared for that? And we right. knew to start that at 50, mainly because we are in this industry and you just have to watch what happens to older workers. You know, it, you, yeah. it doesn't last for most people. Um, yep. So I would say, you know, look at, do your long-term planning because you need to know where you're ultimately going and how, how far your money is gonna take you and when you, what your social security strategies are gonna be and when Medicare starts and those kinds of really important, I call those anchor pieces to your plan. Mm -hmm. And then look at the one year outlook. Now, did anyone see COVID-19 coming? No. Um, some of the people in infectious diseases probably knew there was you know, possibility, possibility of a global pandemic, but they didn't know it was coming in February. Right. You know, it's just, this is what they study. But for the rest of us regular folks, this came out of the clear blue. And so we have to be nimble. And that's what the one-year view does for you. It, it helps you be nimble should you lose your job. But what are, what are, how would someone, you know, who just lost their job and they maybe didn't plan, what are their options? How could, how, what would be some ideas or tips for them? Yeah, there are some better options right now because of the coronavirus. So do not be ashamed to file for unemployment. That is step one. Um, some of the states, I think now that the massive crush is a little bit over, it's going to be a little bit easier for you to file your paperwork. Usually it's online, but every state's a little different. Get your unemployment request in and get the additional monies that came as a result of COVID-19. I believe it's an extra $600 a week. So secure your family, secure your food, secure the roof over your head. That's kind of it. Um, then it is going to be a challenge, but I'm, I'm assuming you want to continue to work. You know, this was unplanned. So where do you start looking? 
And I'll tell you these days, everything is online. So it's mm -hmm. learning the online system for finding a new job. Network, network, network. Who do you know um, that you never know? They might not have a job at their company, but oh, they heard someone who was talking about the need for XYZ kind of person. So it is letting everyone know, hey, you know what? I got you know, hit with this whole coronavirus thing. I lost my job. I'm looking to get back on my feet quickly. Who do you know? Who can I talk to? Who can I network with? Yeah. So use the online tools. Use LinkedIn. Use um, Facebook to some degree. Um, I, you know, it's not quite as much. It's great for networking with your social and, and your personal people. Mm -hmm. So let them know. Like, who, who's hiring? Where can I go? Um, well, and a couple other things, too, that, um, like, one thing that... Um, people can do just from a financial perspective, because a lot of people were financially hurting before COVID hit, and now they're just probably really, really feeling hopeless, you know, oh. um, and very discouraged, because there's, that's most of the, most, most people are kind of in that same boat. And so one thing that they, one thing, if, if you find yourself in that boat, and you have credit card debt, you can call your credit cards and ask for like deferred payments until after COVID or see if they can reduce your interest. Um, Cause I just got a call about that a yeah. couple weeks ago. I think she thought I, I don't think she realized what I do for a living. I think she thought I was like a credit counselor and they're like, Oh God, no. oh. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> but, but I do know some things. Yeah. But I do know some things. And so, so I, and she was financially struggling and she was crying and, and stuff like oh, that. And no. so, so, um, so I told her about that, um, cause she too was in that boat. She lost, she lost her job and, and she just, she couldn't make ends meet before. Mm -hmm. And now that she's lost her job, that's, you know, worse. And so, yeah. um, so I kind of went out of my little scope of area of expertise, but I, I do teach a class on turning your passion into profitability because I used to have a business personal business coaching arm of my company. And um, so a lot of people that got laid off or quit their jobs or just were burned out. So they wanted a totally different path. Um, so I talked to her about, well, what are you passionate about that maybe you could start a small business and get a small business loan? So, yes. so I don't, I don't know what this um, person who asked the question, I don't know what her situation is, but there's, there's some important things that you can do now. Like if you find yourself in, in a financial um, predicament, yeah. you can, you can see, you know, talk to your bankers, talk to the credit card companies and see what kind of um, love for lack of better words that they can show you. Um, but also let this be for, for other, for other listeners, let this be kind of your wake up call to not end up in a situation where you're financially vulnerable um, that you, you have, I, I think if there's one takeaway right now, it's, it's really, you, you've got to plan now for later, otherwise it yeah. will catch you off guard. And then there's, there's only so much that can be done if you fail to plan. What is that? If you, if you fail to plan, you. Yeah. I, I know the phrase you're thinking plan, of. But... If you fail to plan, then plan to fail. I think uh, yes. is how that goes. Yes. So if you don't plan, then this is what happens if, if there's not a plan. So yes. Um, but tell me, tell me a little bit more. Um, we have about half an hour. So we're talking about social security and planning for your retirement. So what is that social security process? Like how old do you have to be to start that? What is that process for those that might not know? Yeah, social security is very specifically set up 
for retirement. Yes. So one of the interesting things I often get as questions is people who are working full time, but they're turning 62. That's the magic age when the gates to Social Security open. Now, St. Peter's not standing there. It's just Social Security. But people know that 62 is the age when they can all of a sudden tap Social Security. What they don't know is that if you go in and start your payments at 62, you get between a 25% and 30% permanent pay cut. So you get a reduced, a greatly reduced benefit that it will impact you in your 70s and your 80s and your 90s. You're going to just get way less monthly income from this really important source of income. So that's, uh, that's, that's the trade-off. I mean, you can go through the gates at 62, but you're going to get a whole lot less. Mm -hmm. And that's because Social Security now has to stretch over a lot more years, assuming you're going to live well into your 80s and early 90s. So um, that's the first thing to know. You can go in at 62, but it comes with a gigantic cut. What you're aiming for is what's called your full retirement age. And this is a very specific month and year when you reach the age somewhere between 66 and 67 when Social Security has deemed you to be retired. So mine is, uh, my full retirement age is the month I turn 67. So it's a few years yet, but it, it's coming. For most people today, most of the baby boomers and the Gen Xers, the Gen Xers are all age 67. Anyone born 1960 and after, we're all in the 67 full retirement age. And what that means is you can claim your social security's insurance benefit at that age with no reduction. You get your, your uh, what I call the optimal or your anchor sure. benefit amount. If you can wait even longer, and some people do, it's not my particular cup of tea. Don't think that's, you know, for, for a lot of people, only about 5% of the people wait longer, but you do get a bonus if you can wait, one year later, you get an 8% bonus, two years, 16% bonus. So your monthly income is going up sure. also permanently. So that's great if you've got a job and you're just going to continue to work until 70. Great. Then delay claiming Social Security, get the maximum amount. Mm -hmm. uh, but those are some of the, the, the key dates, the key ages. And the way your benefit is calculated is, as you said earlier, Annalie, it's based on your personal work history. So whenever you started working, for me, 1979, all the years I worked, all the ups and downs of my income over those years, whenever I paid FICA tax on those earnings, they go on your social security statement, and I can see over the decades how much I earned each of those years. And then there's a calculation that takes your highest 35 years and calculates your benefit. Um, that's that, that anchor, that, that's mm -hmm. the benefit they calculate for you at your full retirement age. So again, if you draw early, it's a, it's a ding, it's a big, it's a big reduction. Um, and then if you can wait a little bit longer, you do get a bonus. And I, you know, I think part of it depends on your health and, you know, some people, they, they have to take it early because they had to retire earlier than they anticipated or they, you know, um, and it's sometimes it's because of their health related reasons yes. or some of my clients, the, these daughters are taking 
they're they're taking early retirement they're getting a ding on their social security but it's because they want to be a caregiver to their parents and the thing is that you know fast forward they they don't call me until they're like so burned out and they they just have nothing financially or emotionally or sometimes physically to give their parents anymore because they're just they're so burned out because they don't realize going you know most people don't realize going into that caregiver role that it can snowball very, very quickly and it becomes very overwhelming very, very quickly. And one medical crisis with your parent or if you're taking care of two parents can just, that's a very, very full-time job. So difficult, yeah. And that's what, you know, that's what the whole podcast theme is, is that caregiver crisis is what do we do now? Like, this is what's happened. This is the decision that we did or we, we chose to make this decision. But most families don't, most consumers don't think about the fallout or the consequences of some of these decisions because they don't know what they don't know. And so that's why this podcast is so critical for people to understand what happens if you do take Social Security early versus if you can postpone it a little bit longer and if your health holds out, if you can delay it even longer. So that's really, that's really critical because I, I think there's a lot of people that don't understand that. Yes. And if you're a younger caregiver, if you're 50, let's say you might not even have your 35 years of earnings yet. So now you've locked in some zero. So it's going to depress your overall calculation to begin with. Now, if it's one year, that's not a big deal, but maybe you stayed home for seven or eight years with young children. So you have a gap of seven or eight zeros that you were planning to make up on the back end. Well, now you can't because you need to be a caregiver. So you could have 10 or 15 zeros in your calculation. And that really creates um, financial angst um, for yeah, the, the truth of the matter is, and you know, Annalie, it's usually for us women, you know, mm-hmm. where this happens. Um, sure, some of the guys are staying home with their kids now, but, you know, not in my generation. And, not, you know, it just the reality is it's women are caregivers for the young and for the old. That's right. That's right. Some of my, and when I say client, my, the whole family is my client. So, Mm -hmm. but when I'm putting, you know, when I'm working with the mom and the dad and the kids and I'm finding out how much the parents have, because you're, if you're an adult child, there's, there's just, unless you're very, very wealthy, there's no way that you can pay for care for your loved one. If they need to go in for, you know, if you have live in care, it's 75 to $8,500 per month. And that's just for a caregiver. You know, if you end up going into an assisted living center, no matter, depending on where you are in the country, that can be anywhere from 3000 to eight or $10,000 per month. And there's no way that you as an adult child are going to probably pay for that unless you happen to just be very wealthy. So that's why it's important for you to know what do your parents have in place as far as long-term care insurance or life insurance, anything that they can leverage? Are they a veteran? Is there anything that they mm-hmm. can leverage to help offset the cost of care? Um, yeah. but a lot and of my, even, even when it digs into legacy plans, right. you know, like, Oh, but mom and dad always wanted to leave us money, you know? Yeah. And, well, mom and dad need care now. So that, that yes. that's Trump. That Absolutely. Trump. Because you do as the, as the younger person, you know, the child of the, these older parents, you do have to protect your retirement. Right. You know, it, it's a real balance and it's a real struggle. And I think the guilt you must hear about is pretty yes. tremendous. Yeah, it is. It is. So you mentioned um, that you wanted to talk about um, 
you know, we, we already called, we already covered, you know, some of the planning for retirement, that that's not something that you can just do over a weekend. It takes yeah. years. It really does take years of it really does. And, and, and discipline really to make your money stretch for 30 years. Yes. Um, and so we talked about like the pros and cons of taking an early retire or not early retirement. That just sounds so great to me, but the this, I have to say, and I, everybody that I've talked to today, just we're all having the same kind of day. It's like, it's only three thirty nine in the afternoon, Eastern time, but it feels like it should be midnight because it's, the day has been crazy and it started very early with very early phone calls from crisis oh. families. So I'm just like trying to get my head straight here. Um, that was my week last week. It was a week of Mondays. <laughs> yeah. a week of Mondays. Yeah. But you wanted to talk about, um, you know, just some key components, the, de the details um, of really what, what families should be thinking about or what consumers should be thinking about like when when is it a good idea to draw their social security it depends on what your goals are what your existing finances are what your health is what your life situation is um so that yeah. you can make that money last yeah and if i could just jump in for a second here Annalie, yeah. because what a lot of people ask me for they want these rules of thumb like yeah. isn't it always better to wait until 70 to claim social security well Sure, from a math perspective, I mean, at the end of the day, you get the most you're going to get from Social Security at 70. But the reality is most people don't or can't possibly wait that long before they start collecting. So mm -hmm. it isn't, or, or you should never claim at 62. Well, no, it doesn't work that way either. You know, you do have to bring in all of these situations that are part of your life and your family and all of your other resources. And, and where are you willing to give a little bit and take a little bit? Now, what's so important about Social Security is, and people can argue this right and left around, um, is it a guaranteed source of income? I'm on the side that says yes. I don't believe our Congress are going to let this gigantic law just go by the wayside. Um, so I believe you have this money to count on in your retirement. Could it change? Could the math change, especially for the younger folks? Mm -hmm. um, yes, it could change because, you know, there's some holes in this program. But the, the idea that we provide as a developed world leader country that we provide for our less fortunate elderly with a modest social safety net, I believe that will continue as part of the American fabric. So um, it, it's just such a big decision. And what I often see is people making a very quick, um, mm -hmm. less than best educated decision um, by yeah. claiming when they maybe shouldn't. Yeah. And I, you know, and, and that's, that's, you know, where, cause you have all this information, right? Cause this is your line of work. Just like I have all this expertise in aging planning and what does aging really look like and what does dementia look like and how we're going to pay for care. But that's, that's the whole reason why I do these guest podcasts is so that consumers can get educated and, you know, we'll put your contact information up on the screen too, so that, um, so that if people have more detailed questions that they want to ask you, they can certainly reach out to you on email or, or call yes. you or through the website or whatever. So, because it's, it's so important that people start making more informed decisions versus knee jerk reaction decisions based yes. on, oh my gosh, I found myself in a crisis or, oh my gosh, I just lost my job this week. 
should I take early retirement? Well, it depends on, or take early social security. It depends on what their situation is. So exactly. And just so many other factors Yeah, uh, that you, you need to bring them all together. Um, onto, you know, I'm a big paper and pencil kind of gal. Like, don't just think about this stuff. Like, well, I might have some credit card debt over here. I might have some access to, you know, a 401k or a 403b over there. Write it down. Get, you know, yeah, get really see it. It's, it's like your, um, what, what is your planner the called again? The grab and go binder. Yes. I, I love that whole idea. Um, it's the same when you don't need the care, you know, when it's just getting your retirement plan. You need to see the stuff on paper. It just helps you make way better decisions. And it does. That's, well, and that's, that's what it's for. That's what, exactly what it's for. And in, in the grab-and-go binder, the, the CareRight grab-and-go binder, there's a whole financial section on there so that people can do the calculations and say, okay, what do I have coming in? What do I have that's going great. out? What's my cash flow? Yeah. And what that's can, what it what comes down do? to. It is. That's all it boils down to is cash flow. Yeah. Plus health or minus health. So right. what are, yeah. So what are some other um, things that consumers should understand about Social Security? Um, there are a few that are important to note. One is that when you work and draw Social Security, if you have not yet reached your full retirement age, you don't get your full Social Security benefit. Um, this is a strategy a lot of folks like to know about that, oh, I'm going to just keep working, you know, hopefully get to 67, uh, but I'm going to draw Social Security at 62 and I'll just pocket that money for the future. Uh, make sure I get you know, get in while well, there's the goods, the, the getting's good. And you can claim, but if you make over $18,000 a year right now, and it's give or take $18,000, you won't get your full social security benefit paid to you. It's called a clawback. And it is important to note that um, you'll get it back later but you don't get it when you think you're going to get it. So working sure. and claiming do not mix. That's oil and water. The other thing that's very often a surprise to consumers is social security benefits are taxed for about half the population. And again, mm -hmm. if you have other income, whether it's work or it's your distributions from your IRA or your required minimum distributions or pension or annuities and such, they all come onto the front of your 1040 tax form and they're taxable income. And once you're above certain thresholds, you pay tax on some of your social security benefits. Sure. So that's often a surprise. Um, so, you know, plan for that. Make sure you understand that. And the last is know that you're, once you're 65 and older and claiming both Social Security and Medicare, your Social Security payment will be reduced by your Medicare Part B premium. And this year, that's $144.60 if you pay the base price. But Medicare is not free. As right. you know, Annalie, and a lot of folks don't know that. They think it is. Mm -hmm. And it's not, not free, and you pay along the way every month, and it comes directly out of your Social Security check. You don't have a choice. You don't get to say, no, thanks, I'll pay it later. Mm -hmm. The government takes it straight out on your behalf. And if you're a much higher earner, you have high income in retirement, you'll pay a lot more than $144 a month, and it's per person. Right. So married couples, times two. Yeah, people don't realize that either, that it's, it goes by your income bracket. Right. So we have a, uh, we have a, a question again. Um, okay. Tell us, 
so I'm reading it. So, okay. <laughs> um, tell us, is there any change in your view of when to take Social Security as a mitigator of sequence of return risk due to current market, market volatility for those who are before full retirement age? My fast answer is no. I think everyone should start their assessment looking at their full retirement age to get that optimal benefit. And here's why. The interest rates today are what they are and there'll be something different tomorrow, but social security is meant to provide your some income when you're old. And when you're old, you don't have nearly as many options. You can't go get a part-time job when you're 85, you know, unless you're working for yourself you know, pretty much no one's going to hire you. Mm -hmm. So you have to work today to protect your old person's self. You know, as you're getting far down in the fourth quarter of life and less is not good when you're older. You know, no one says to me, Woohoo, I'm getting the least amount of social security because I was concerned about economic conditions in my sixties, but now I'm turning 90 and I can't do anything. Right. And oh. the, other, the other thing I don't think a lot of consumers realize is that, you know, when you get, when, when you retire, you lose a lot of your tax deductions, you yes. know, your house, your loan, mortgage, you know, so you lose a lot of the deductions that you might have counted on, or at least were contributing to some to financial offset, some income, right? That's right. And so you, yeah. so you lose those tax deductions, your health isn't what it is so that you can't just like easily sometimes go get a job, yeah. you know? So there, that's why we, we say that that's why I love that you, t that you titled this, that it's not a weekend project. You, I mean, you, you have to be thinking about all of these things when you retire, your health may change, your family situation may change, your finances will definitely change. Um, if you find yourself a caregiver or that you need care, how are you gonna pay for that? And how can you leverage what you already have between your social security, depending on how old you are, you know, cause like my dad has a pension, but he's like mm -hmm. the last generation that will have a pension. You know, are you a veteran or is your loved one a veteran that maybe you can qualify for VA benefits? Because you want to see what kind of pool of money that you can gather, basically gather together yes. and extend, make that last as long as you can, because we know that care is going to be expensive. I mean, yeah. you have to just know that going in, that you're probably going to need care or that the, or that your family members will need care if they're the ones aging. Someone's going to need care and they're going, you have to figure out how you're going to fund it because yeah. you, you need it. You, you know? You're going to need something. Yes. You're and if it isn't you, then it's your husband or it's your wife. You know, That's it, right. someone needs some pretty important levels of care. Because the goal yeah. is not to end up on Medicaid. You know, that's got its own problems because there, there's not enough money to be going around. And it's, you know, they're going to have to figure out what are they going to do to fund people who ran out of money or they had a medical crisis right after they, that's just it. How many yeah. people do you know had a stroke two weeks after they retired and now their whole nest egg that they planned their whole life for is gone in a four month nursing home stay at 10 grand a, a month. Yeah. You know, so and if there's. And that, that's just it. These families that I work with too, when I do the family meeting and I just kind of lay it out, like how much is, how much is live in care? 75 to $8,500 a month. How much is a nursing home level of care? It can be anywhere from eight to $12,000 a month per person. So 
you know, I have clients out on the East Coast, they're paying $14,000 a month in a nursing home for just mom. Yeah. And you've got dad. It's real money, you know, and, and, and unplanned. And what are you going to do? Right. You know, and just to go back to that other question for a quick second, if they were also thinking, did I want to recommend and rethink social security? Wait till 70 when you're getting 8% per year in growth for the, between your full retirement age and age 70. That's again, fantastic. If you can hold out until 70, it is a great strategy for most people, but you have to pay for your everyday life between whenever you're retiring and age 70. If you're super wealthy, great. If you're continuing to work, great. For the rest of us, it's pretty tough. Though I do pick on my husband and tell him he has to wait until 70 before he can claim and I can claim at full retirement age. He's not buying into that strategy, but I'm thinking that could work. Well, and so you bring up an interesting point. We only, and we only have eight minutes left, but you bring up an interesting point. You're married. I'm not, you know, so. So you're very self-sufficient. So you have, well, thank you. You have to be, but you also have to plan differently, you know, Mm -hmm. for if you're single. And I, I always think about with my friends and stuff, I'm always like, you know, that's great that you're married or you have a partner, but relationships can change or your partner can pass away. And so you still have to be financially self-sufficient because you can't bank on that. You're still going to be married 40 years from now. And you're going to just have this like wealth of marital money that you can like use together, you know? So I think that, you know, I think that makes a difference too. Right. Yes, <laughs> it really like, does. All of us that are divorced, it's not like, we, it's not, it's not like all of us that are now divorced ever thought we'd end up divorced. You know, when you get married, you're like, Oh, this is for life. Well, that's just not how it is, you know, anymore sometimes. So, so right. I think that even no matter what your situation is, whether you're married, you're single, no matter what you have to take as much control in your destiny as much as possible. So yes. you, you can't start that tomorrow knowing that you have to re- retire or may need that pool of money next week. You have to start doing stuff now to, to plan for the future if you want to have quality outcomes and quality care. Yes, I, I could not agree more, Annalie. And I think it, our generation, for me, the boomer generation, you know, we have women have made great strides, but still not quite enough. And, and you're right. You may be divorced as you enter retirement your spouse may die before you. Um, From a social security perspective, there are some, um, uh, what I want to call them nets, some additional safety nets for you. If you have young children that, you know, the, if your spouse dies (laughs) early and you're raising young children. So there are some family benefits. and, And again, the safety net can be very strong but it doesn't cover everything. Right. You, know, so you still have to get engaged in your money. And, it, and it's not a, a taboo topic or it's not an unpleasant thing. It's very empowering mm-hmm. when you really start to get what this money does, what it can do for right. you and how it works. Yep. We have two minutes left. Marsha, how do people yes. get a hold of you? Oh, the best way is to go to my blog because I, like you, Annalyn, love to talk about this stuff. And it's <laughs> boomerretirementbriefs.com. Boomer, like baby boomers, retirementbriefs.com. Uh, there are interesting, I think, stories about what baby boomers are doing to reinvent their retirement. You can contact me through the blog. You can sign up 
for the monthly updates. Uh, that is the best way to get a hold of me. Excellent. Marsha, you are a hoot. I really appreciate you being a guest today on the Care Right podcast where we talk about all things aging and caregiver stress and solutions to help consumers out there that are struggling in whatever predicament they find themselves in. All of my guests have um, solutions to problems that people find themselves in. So um, I really appreciate your time. We're, we're almost out of time here. So I just wanted to say thank you again for being a guest on the you are so Care Right welcome. podcast. The Care Right podcast airs the first, third, and if there's a fifth, Tuesday of every month at 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, and it's all things caregiving and all things aging. So thank you again, Marsha. I appreciate your time today. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.